1: Welcome to episode 120 of Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. I'm Marcy Larson, Andy's Mom. Today's podcast is going to be a replay of the live stream that I just had two nights ago. So if you would like to see the video version, you can watch it on my YouTube channel or on Facebook on the Always Andy's Mom Facebook page. As a bit of an introduction, it's just four of us. As bereaved mothers, talking about our uh, grief journey through this year at Christmas time. Yay, we're all on. <laughs> this is very fun. We've got four of us on. And for anyone that has, Come on, expecting the four of us to include Stephanie, Chrissy, Demetra, and me. That is not the case. (laughs) Poor Stephanie is home. It's very sick. She has a horrible headache. She says she does not have COVID, but she has something else. I suspect it could be influenza A, since I've seen just about as much influenza A as COVID this week and the office. But anyway, she's feeling miserable. So I said a quick little prayer to so what should I do because I really thought four seemed like a nice number and I had a little voice got answering in my head I guess that I should ask Laura and so I sent a text to Laura not wanting to pressure her <laughs> but she very quickly responded that she would be honored and was very excited to come on so thank, thank you, you Laura Thank you (laughs) for for coming on and filling in at the last second for Stephanie. I told Stephanie that you were going to, and she was so incredibly happy and relieved because she was feeling really guilty. Why don't you go around and you can just briefly tell a little bit your story super fast to just remind listeners, because all three of you have been on the podcast before. So whoever would like to go ahead and start first. I think I'm episode 92. Um, oh, very good. <laughs> I think, I believe it
2: was. So I am Eleni's mom. And Eleni was a beautiful, beautiful 11-year-old girl who um, was diagnosed at age seven from SickKids Hospital. We are here in Toronto, Canada. And uh, she was diagnosed with HHT, which is a disorder called hereditary hemorrhagic telangiectasia. So we were dealing with sick kids for about four years and Eleni passed away October 12th, which was our Thanksgiving 2020. And she was my best buddy. She was my heart. Like I always call her my heart, my best friend. She just got me, I got her. Um, She was on oxygen therapy for a little bit after she was diagnosed just to help her with her oxygen levels. And she was um, using a purple wheelchair named Zippy that she absolutely loved and adored. That was my baby girl. Um, And I also have Dino, who is 16, almost 17. And I had to kick the boys out of the house today because I said, I need quiet. I can't have you running through here when we're on live. So... (laughs)
1: Well, and what's cool about all three of you, actually, is because when I think of the color purple, I think of you and little Miss Lenny. When I think of the color orange, I think of Caleb 100%, so you should probably go next. And when I think of yellow, I think of Luke. So it ended up sort of being meant to be that Um. my color gals are the ones that are here and just so you know you could probably think andy was 100 green 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 so i'm gonna represent green in the live stream today so why don't you go ahead caleb uh caleb is a mom chrissy <laughs> okay. and talk about a little bit of orange and caleb
3: okay my son caleb he was my firstborn child and my only son and he was 17 when he died by suicide on august 12 2019 Literally out of the clear blue sky, normal day, normal Monday, made a decision that he couldn't take back. And it's been very tragic and horrible, just relearning how to live and um, just living with loss. So I'm grateful for Marcy and my our, my friendship with her and for the podcast and for God bringing us together. I always say that God and Google brought us together because um, <laughs> I was so desperate for help and just someone who understood that I, I took to Google to find. Um, I typed in encouraging podcast after child loss and as how she came up and I listened and and it just well, took off from there. So, and
1: I had just yeah. started. I mean, you I did. Had you, had, yeah, started. you had just started. So, yeah. Chrissy was my very first review on iTunes, the very first one. Um, and I remember being so encouraged because I remember what you wrote. You wrote, "I couldn't get, yeah. I can't get out of bed until I listened to." I couldn't. And an, an yeah. episode. And. I read that and I remember talking to Eric and I said, you know, if just for that, just for that one woman, then it's worth it. And thank you. you. I have to say, somebody on YouTube, you wouldn't be able to see this, but just gave us a green heart, a purple heart, an orange heart, Uh and a yellow heart, which is so sweet. So thank you for that. (laughs) The color orange is so cool with you because it really yeah. does represent Caleb and Caleb just absolutely loved orange. They're from Tennessee. He loved Tennessee, Tennessee football. He <laughs> was a Tennessee, so Tennessee football. Tennessee football
3: is orange.
1: Yeah. And everything and is so orange. And is. you have had yes. cool things happening with the color orange since Caleb died? I, I um,
3: have. Very cool. Things. Yeah. Yes.
1: I know the pictures she has sent me have been really amazing and then there have been and I saw one night in the sky I saw the most beautiful orange moon I don't know if you remember that Chrissy but I like sent you a picture and I even called you I think because it was so striking to me because all I could think about was Caleb and how and that color orange and how amazing it looked so yeah I love all right and oh and Chrissy I forgot to look up and see what episodes you were on but you were actually on twice Yeah, I was, um, 19 and 49, 1949, you know, and Laura, you don't have to look it up and maybe, you know, too, but you're 102. Did you know that? I just knew it was soon after 100. (laughs) I couldn't remember exactly. Yes, you're 102. So why don't you go
4: ahead, Laura? So you were the most recent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On the podcast. On the recent.
1: Yes. Most recent on the podcast. Yeah.
4: So, um, I have three sons and Luke is my youngest son. Um, My older two are on the autism spectrum and Luke was not, which was always such a gift to me to kind of have a more typical mothering experience with him. And kind of like Demetra, he just was my buddy. He just wanted to hang out with me. He wanted to do stuff with me from the time he was a little guy. He was diagnosed with stage four cancer right as he was turning 15 he had to have his leg amputated right away because the main tumor was in his calf and had really just taken over there. And he went through two years of um, chemotherapy and radiation and other treatments. And then he passed away almost two years, exactly two years later on September 6th of 2017. It was three weeks after his 17th birthday. Mm -hmm.
1: So if people listened last week, they heard an amazing story about yellow irises. I don't know if anybody remembers the yellow iris story. That is Laura's story about her son, Luke, and those yellow irises bloomed in September for Luke and had and have never bloomed in September since. And yeah. that one is the one that I read and I cried. I couldn't get through it because it was just so beautiful. And that's why everything, color yellow, always now reminds me of you and Luke.
4: Yeah, he loved yellow, his bedroom when he was little. And we said, what color do you want yellow? And he wanted bright yellow. He wore as much yellow. If it wasn't yellow, he liked orange because that was bright. And if it wasn't yellow or orange, then red (laughs) was pretty good. But he just wanted bright (laughs) colors. And yeah, so it wasn't, you know, I have a favorite color, but it was like his signature color. He just wore it all the time and was drawn to it and it it described him to his
1: personality so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: well and if you have listened so stephanie was supposed to be my original one on like i had said and stephanie's daughter kian died in 2017 but so did luke so we are represented by Luke dying in 2017, my son Andy died in 2018, Caleb died in 2019, and now died in 2020. So what I thought would be good is for us to kind of talk about how our Christmases went in like a little post-Christmas kind of discussion, and how things kind of can change a little bit over time. So anybody want to talk about Christmas? Like how it was this year, or... So I can, I I usually jump first. I like
2: going first and getting it kind of, you know, um, if you guys don't mind. I was trying to remember last Christmas. Uh, Last Christmas, so Eleni passed October, mid-October 12th, 2020. So I did not remember last Christmas. I've been trying to rack my brain, trying to think, like, what did we do? Like, But it was only a couple months in my grief, and I still to this day cannot remember I don't think we did anything because I don't think I could have done anything yeah. um, but I do remember a little tiny tree that I picked up for my son because I asked him do you want a little tiny tree I said I can't put up a big tree I'm sorry um, yeah. but I said I can do a little tiny potted tree you know and we ended up putting you know um, my friend had given it any some um, pineapple little lights and string of lights so my tree had a little string of pineapple lights which didn't really make sense for christmas but it was kind of like those little things but we didn't really do anything on the day this year again i i asked my son if he wanted a tree again and he said he would like a tree so Mm -hmm. i sent him a picture he approved of the tree and we just decorated it with any little thing we could find anything that you know our heart wants to put on this tree. Not really decorations or anything that we've had in the past. I cannot open my Christmas boxes or bins that I have. Mm -hmm. They are, I believe in the garage. So we couldn't do that. My parents ended up just coming, dropping in for a lunch. We had a nice little lunch and we went and visited Lenny like we usually do every day. We had no snow here. It was actually raining on Christmas day, which was really funny, but, but I liked it because it (laughs) felt like a regular day it did not feel like Christmas I was happy it was kind of like that and it time just passed and we went on Uh, some people gave me gifts from work some people gave us gifts her little buddies gave us gifts and they were literally sitting under the tree until today just a few little gifts because I said I, I couldn't open it I couldn't Like, I just didn't want to feel anything, right? So I didn't want the joy. I didn't want opening presents. My son opened a couple. He was very happy with those that he was able to open. And that was our Christmas. Mm
1: -hmm. So you just kind of got through, right? You just did? Yeah. I
2: said to myself, I'm not making any plans. We're not making any plans. My brother had wanted my son to go over to his house, which is an hour and a half north of Toronto, And I had said to him, I will, he wanted to pick him up. I didn't feel comfortable. I didn't feel, you know, I was scared. I'm scared of having Dino go far away from me, especially on Christmas. But I said, you know what, I'll try and drive him up when I can. It didn't happen and it was okay. I just had high anxiety with uh, the COVID numbers and the cases. And I just said, I can't, like, I'm sorry. And he said, that's okay. Like. I didn't really think you were going to make it anyways. <laughs> but I couldn't see my little nieces and nephews, you know, with their gifts and everything and getting all excited like Christmas Eve and I don't think that was going to be okay for me. I don't mm-hmm. think I I'm I'm not there yet. It's still very raw.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So how was Chris how's Christmas for you this year, Chrissy, compared to kind of how it's been? This year uh, the
3: word that I can best describe it is softer. It just felt a little not as difficult as the last two have been. Of course, the first one, you know, I hardly remember. My entire family that was able to come came to our house, you know, to be there, and but I, I hardly remember it. Marcy, I've had ever since you know I listened to your very first episode or first you know one or two that parent that's that mom that said you know someone told her your living children are worth it Yeah. and so every time i feel like i can't do something for them yeah. that voice that saying just pops up in my head yeah. it was my husband and he
1: was he was working in the ors and he was working with a nurse and one of her sisters had died yes. when she was young she was obviously very caring to him and mm-hmm. everything, and but she said, "I just want you to make sure that your other kids know that they're worth it, right? That you going so- on, it's worth it for yes. them. Yes, because I think and she and- had had some feelings sometimes that she wasn't enough. Yeah, and she just wanted to kind of give that as a little bit of feedback, mm-hmm. which was really helpful. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that
3: that helps me in ways of just knowing that." I am enough as their mom. Mm -hmm. And then also that they are worth it for me to do the hard things for. Yeah. And so that first Christmas, they wanted the tree. They wanted the decorations like they've always had. They wanted to do St. Nick Day that we've always done because my family is of Dutch heritage. And so, you know, they wanted to do all those things. And it was really hard. And I relied on a lot of help to to do Mm -hmm. it. Um, I, I didn't necessarily do anything. It was other people that did it for us. Like my friend who went to Aldi and got all the little German goodies so that we could do the Saint Nick day. So I just, I had a lot of help. And then last year we were in a different house. And so that was really hard because he wasn't, we were in a house that he never shared Christmas with us. And i um, not really sure I can put that into words that makes sense, but that was just really hard for me last year. This year, it just, it felt a little bit softer and I, I put out a little bit more decorations than I have in the last two years. My daughters who are now 16 and nine had put on their Christmas list that they wanted to go to Dollywood. And... <laughs> we live in Tennessee. So my youngest daughter, she loves Dolly Parton and she loves to sing her songs and read about her and stuff. And so I just thought to myself, I want them to have a little bit of excitement and some magic in their holiday this year. Mm -hmm. And so I went ahead and booked it and I was really apprehensive because I hadn't been to a theme park without Caleb and That just made me really sad to even think about going there without him. But again, they're worth it. You know, they're still little and they still have a childhood to live. And so I wanted to do that for them. And I had the we had a great time. Oh, good memories. And I, I rode every ride with them and I had so much fun up until the last five minutes before the park closed. And I can share about that a different time, but the entire day was fun. It was laughing. It was making memories. We really enjoyed our time. And so I'm glad that we did that. And our Christmas day was, it, it was, it was gentle and it was pretty quiet. And we went to the cemetery as we've done in the last two years. And my youngest daughter gets Caleb a gift from her little school holiday shop. I let her open that there and give it to him there. And it was a little trophy that says number one brother. And, um, it went well. It was sad. I mean, at on the end of the at the end of the day, I cried. Yeah, I was letting myself feel it. Feel it, but um, yeah.
1: How about you, Laura?
4: Yeah, it's, this is the fifth Christmas without Luke. It's mm-hmm. weird because it past four years, but now everything is the fifth without.
1: Right. Him. I know. I know.
4: Yeah. That's like
1: me because I'm the fourth. Mm-hmm.
4: It definitely. I think softer is a good word. Lighter. it was the first time since Luke passed away, well, since he was sick, even that I was looking forward to decorating some. And I have in the past, mostly because um, my middle son's autistic, and he, although he's 24, holiday traditions are very important to him. (laughs) And we have had to sometimes negotiate what You know, you got to let this go. At least this year, Jay, I can't handle it. You know, (laughs) I don't know that I've shared here before, but the first year that Luke passed away on that first Christmas, we had some friends contact a lot of our friends and ask for ornaments that would represent Luke. And then they brought in a tree and they put it up and they put all these ornaments. It's mostly yellow, but it has things that he loved um, on it, like... Oh, we like Doctor Who. So we have a TARDIS on there. He could do Rubik's Cubes amazingly well. So we have a few <laughs> Rubik's Cubes on there. So I really like putting that up. And we have tags from who, who everything's from and remembering these friends. And some of them are strangers, um, friends of our friends who were doing it, who wanted to, who had never met Luke. One of the Etsy Ladies, her, you know, is making a special ornament for Luke that somebody requested. And she said, can I make one for Luke, too? (laughs) And sent it in. So, yeah. So I look forward to putting that up. I'd rather not put up the other tree, but my son insists because it's got all the ornaments from years. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd rather just stick with the Luke, what we call the Luke tree now. Yeah. So our Christmases were always pretty quiet. Just the five of us. Now just the four of us. My husband's a pastor, so he's at church doing Christmas Eve services the day before. And then Christmas, yeah, it was quiet like usual, but just not as many tears, didn't feel as heavy. But at the same time, that's still there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't mm-hmm. go away. No. Um, it's like I'm just used to it being there or something. So part of me doesn't like that. Like I, I don't think of him as often. And I'm still thinking about them most of the time, but I don't think about it as often, you know, and I my memories are getting fuzzier and I don't like that. And at the same time, I know it's getting a little easier to move forward because of that too. So
1: Yeah. I'm thinking about my Christmas this year. So going through all of my Christmases, I I I have said this on the podcast before, because our very first Christmas, we just took off and we went to see my family in Las Vegas. So we're on a on a airplane Christmas Eve, flying to Las Vegas to see my family. That was good. It was good because it was totally different. And I didn't do anything else. We didn't I didn't do any gifts. I didn't we had some people gave us gifts that I don't even know who they are, which were amazing. But I I couldn't do any of that myself at all the first year. And then Isn't it funny how you just don't even remember sometimes Mm -hmm. because I'm trying to think of the second year and I, I don't know. I think we've gone up North every time um, just because it's less painful. So Mm. we've gone up to our cottage up North because it's just too painful to be at home and doing that normal stuff. And this year again, we went there. I know last year I decorated the house somewhat, not, 100% but for the first time I decorated the house and then this year I actually didn't so Eric was going to go get a tree and then we realized that we were like not going to be here at all we're leaving like a week before I was coming back to go to work one day last week Monday and then I was driving straight back up so we came back Sunday night I drove back Monday the kids stayed up the whole time so they were up there from like the 18th, all the way through the 26th, Eric was home for a few more days than that, but it just didn't seem like it was probably worth it to go through that, especially when it was going to be kind of more painful. So I do have some Christmas decorations up north and I even brought a couple of wreaths up north and we have an artificial tree up north that I did put up and it's so much less painful too because those, my decorations that I have up there are ones that were given to me from my grandma when she moved to an assisted living facility. So she had a few things. They're mostly things that I had given her over the years. So she gave them back to me and she went there, but I could feel like I was being festive and I wasn't really shortchanging the kids at all on mm-hmm. having some decorations up, but yet I didn't have to go through so much. Mm-hmm. I did ask them all on Thanksgiving, like, do you want to decorate? Cause we can decorate and no one seemed mm-hmm. to want to get up the gumption to go down and get the decoration. So I felt like I didn't have the energy to do it. And if they didn't want it that badly, then I figured we could go without. So
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, but we were just up north and it was just easier, right? Mm-hmm. And we, the one thing that has happened with a pandemic the last two years is obviously all of our, the church services are can all watch online now, our same church service. So I don't have to go to a different church without him i we can just sit in front of the tv and kind of watch it when the time feels right one big thing for me is that we make christmas cookies we love making christmas cookies the first or second year second year my i went to a friend's house and she helped me bake them and then we decorated that home and last year i decorated but I, every time i've been just a bundle of tears every time and this year i baked christmas cookies and i didn't cry which was a big deal i mean it was a really big deal that i got to the end of baking christmas cookies and i didn't cry at all but i felt kind of sad that by the end of christmas night i wasn't I wasn't crying as much and I felt almost a little bad about it. I mean, mm-hmm. the biggest thing is, is I, I always reuse all my bows. I, I always take the bows off. The, Put them back in the back. Kids, you know, <laughs> don't wreck the bows. We use the bows. <laughs> and I had a bow on my daughter's present and I looked at it and it had part of the old tag on it. And it said 2 mm. a N and then the rest was ripped off. And it was from mm. M that I knew it was from mom and dad. And I, that made me cry. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, it just reminded me of this is what it used to be, you know? Yeah. But I did give them as many presents as I used to. And right. so it was a little more normal for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed the less pressure of it
2: this year just because I said, you know, everybody's got to give me grace. And even last year, I was like, nobody expected anything from me. Um, And this year, I was just like, you know what? It's nice not to run in the stores. And it's nice not to be in panic mode. Like, I literally kind of just pretended it was like regular time, right? And I went into the store. I think it was Mm mid-November. And I was like, what is that? Like, it seemed foreign to me. I heard Christmas music. I was just like, what, what is that? Like, you know, and I was like kind of humming along to it. And I didn't realize I was doing that. But, you know, it's it's nice not to have that pressure, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And and I also like, you know what, I last minute kind of I had this idea of doing, you know, I couldn't do gifts really. so So I made little love packages is what I called them. And I, I made little tiny chairs and I spray painted them purple and I put shimmer on them. I can show you because we're alive, but it's like a little tiny chair. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. I don't know how many I did, but I was. my plan was to give them as little ornaments. I would put a little hook and have them put them on their tree. So every year they would think of Eleni. And I put a little angel on the tip of it, a little silver angel there. But, you know, I didn't end up doing the little ornament making it an ornament. I just gave them as is in a purple little tissue paper, little, little baggie. <laughs> and everybody loved them. It's kind of like the little empty chair, right? That yeah. I I did that with sick kids for an art therapy group. And one of the moms had said she had bought these little tiny chairs from Ikea. And you know, she decorated them. And I was like, great idea. Like maybe that'll keep my mind busy. I think for me it was just keeping myself busy busy, and my mind not thinking about what I'm missing, and all the memories, and I'm one of these people that just needs to keep busy. And another thing that I did, I was going to do it for Halloween, because Eleni loved Halloween, but I had asked the Sick kids coordinator, the donations coordinator, if I could get them and donate Um, some Halloween costumes because it was Eleni's favorite time and she was gifted some Halloween costumes back then and the lady the lady had responded back saying we have lots of Halloween costumes she's like what if I give you a a wish list of what these kids would like like would you be open Mm -hmm. to that and I said oh my god give me the list so I was on a mission buying these gifts from fundraising stuff that we've done with Eleni's Little Kindness Project that we have going. I asked friends on Facebook, you know, does anybody want to help me with this list? And everybody helped. And we got, like, ukuleles. We got, like, kinetic sand. We got Play-Doh. We got so many things, toys, stuffies, everything for all these kids. And they were things that they really wanted. So that helped me. Like, I was busy with that for quite about a month and a bit. So that really really helped and it's nice to kind of give back and feel okay about the holidays, right? Like yeah. that was something good we could do. Yeah. Right? And not just be sad all the time.
1: So. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's important to try to find something, you know, not only to keep you busy but something that make that you can feel good about in a time that is otherwise just so hard and difficult
2: it's not a good time if you're stuck in a hospital, right. With your family and your child who, Mm -hmm. you know, and they really try hard to send these kids home. They don't want them there at Christmas. They want to send them home, but some of the kids can't go home. So Mm
0: -hmm.
2: yeah, if we can make it any easier on them, that's just a positive thing.
3: I think. I thought of a couple of things um, since everyone was talking that I, I thought would be helpful if I shared. But we also have um, a separate tree. It's an angel tree and it's a real tree. It has to be real just because I want it to be real. (laughs) And (laughs) it just has more meaning to me if it's real. Mm -hmm. And so we picked out a real tree. It was maybe like two feet tall, two and a half feet and then i've asked people to you know if they come across an angel ornament or they want to make one then they can send that to me or bring it by and i'll also you know look for some myself and put them on there and so that grew that grew this year by several ornaments um i received them in the mail from people I don't even know, like you said, friends of friends, you know, who are following my journey and wanted to, to make an angel ornament. So send it to me. And that's just so thoughtful. And it just keeps him, him relevant. And I have it, you know, right in my dining room window. And so the lights were on it all the time and everyone could see the little angel tree right in the front of my house. Um, and so that meant a lot to me to have that. And then Also, something that's been helpful that I didn't share is that every year, so now this this is the third Christmas, my sister, you know, everybody wants, what can I do? Tell me what I can do. You know, let me do something. How can I help? And so the first year I told her, you do the stocking stuffers for the girls, because that was just something I knew that I would not be able To do, Mm -hmm. you know, going from store to store to store, looking for little trinkets and things and just ideas on what to fill the stocking with. I knew that I was not going to be able to do that. So I asked her, and she has done that still. Um, She did that last Christmas and she did it this Christmas. So she comes with her suitcase. Uh, you know, full of stuff, and she fills the she fills up the girls' stockings with their stocking stuffers, and that is just so incredibly helpful. If you're going through this, and and you're like, you know, that and that was just really hard, or something that you didn't do this year, um, maybe think about that, you know, next year, uh, pawn that off on someone to to do the stocking stuffers for you. Because so that's very helpful to me.
1: Well, and I think another thing that. Uh, we have talked about in the support group that I was in and that a couple of these ladies are in with me is that just because you do something one year yes, does not mean that you need to do anything close to it the next year. And yeah. it, just to not feel any pressure yeah. one way or another, It's just, just because I've always done it, doesn't mean you have to do it this year, but if you yeah. don't do it this year, it doesn't mean you can't do it again next year. You can go yeah. back, you mm-hmm. can go back and, make it the same or make it absolutely different. And that is all okay. And I think really important to Mm -hmm. give yourself that permission to go wherever you need to go.
3: See, that reality hit me really hard this year. I kind of, you know, last year I was like, okay, starting with Thanksgiving, we're going to do these new things. It's going to go this way. Okay. We have a plan for next year. We're just going to do the same things and it's going to work fine. No. <laughs> so <laughs> Thanksgiving time came around this year and what I did last year was not going to work. <laughs> it was just, I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't make a plan. I couldn't, I didn't want to do what I did last year. And I was like, I was so frustrated because I was like, mm-hmm. I had a plan. I yeah. had a plan. I started it last year. It was going to be our new yearly thing, but I just could not do it. Um, so talking with a few friends of mine and just laying it out, how I was feeling, they helped me brainstorm and we came up with a different idea and it worked and we got, I got through it, but I was so frustrated that it, it didn't, it wasn't going to be the same thing. So that, that was actually really hard. Cause I was like, okay, I can't really depend on that. And right. I really need to be flexible that just because it worked one year, it's not going to work every year. And I needed to really be okay with that.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. I think the plan should be not to have a plan. (laughs)
3: For me sometimes
1: I need a plan. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I think to be flexible with the plan is the most important thing really, because Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit, I'm kind of probably a mixture of the both of you in that I am a planner and I like to have a plan but if the plan's not working, I think it's just important to just know that I can abandon the plan, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and just try something totally different and have that be okay. Because I know
2: people, like I know I have a few friends, I have a friend who lost her daughter and she just tried to do the same thing she did every year. And she did it last year as well. And she's in her grief the same amount of time I am. And she honestly hated every moment of it. Yeah. And it was so hard for her. And I said to her this year, I said, please just do what you can do. Do not go with a plan. Do not do what you do every year. And she just felt she had to do it for her son. Her son is my son's age. And I was like, you know what? It would be okay if you can't go through it. Like, you just need to give yourself grace and be gentle with yourself and just do what you can and try not to feel guilty if you can't go through with what your plan was.
1: I, yeah, that's important. I, I think too, you know, I said last year I decorated my house. I did a lot more. This year I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I was for a while a little bit disappointed in myself. I felt mm-hmm. like I should do more, right? This Christmas should look more like the ones before and not less. Because last year I was like on the road back and now I didn't. And I mean, I kind of gave myself an excuse that, well, you know, we're not gonna, going to be in town and we're not whatever. But in all honesty, I I just emotionally was hurting more this year during that time, especially than I had been before. And you know, who knows why that is? I think you just have times that you're going through that are better and times that you're going through that are worse. I, I shared on the podcast last week that you know I had like a sort of an emotional breakdown evening one night, and um and I was trying to figure out honestly, I was sitting in my car trying to figure out who would call, thinking about calling you, Chrissy, actually, because I was just yeah. completely panicked and doing terribly, and then Demetra, just out of the blue, I tell you, God was whispering to you or something because you just sent the message at the perfect time and, and texted me at the perfect time to kind of kind of calm me down and bring me back. But, you know, emotionally, I just am worse off. I, I don't know if it's our current COVID outbreaks or what it has been. I mean, off it's been really hard at work seeing and I think everybody's tired like it's been almost three years like
2: we're tired of this right like and I kind of I don't think it's funny but when somebody says like they're sick of COVID I'm like well think about having lost your child on top of that like I think people what people don't get is like we're going through COVID too and you know COVID hit March 2020 and you know, I still had a Lenny at the time, and because her issues were respiratory issues and she was on oxygen, and I was like petrified if she ever were to catch COVID. Um, mm-hmm. I was so, so scared. Um, because I don't think she would have made it through with that. But mm-hmm. um it's yeah, it I, we're just tired. Yeah, as a society, I think we're all just tired. I was talking to a friend who works for Children's Aid Society, and she said so much mental health, so many, so many, so much abuse. Like it's just a
1: lot going on in society.
4: And
1: it's It's a lot. And, and I honestly think in some ways, other people are so wrapped up in how anxious and sad and all that stuff that they're going through that, that when we're grieving, like we are, we're a little more forgotten then we might have been otherwise. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But it feels like that sometimes. It feels like they that they, they kind of forget that you have this whole other really huge thing that is for me tons bigger than COVID going on in my life with my which is my grief and my missing Andy. Yeah. But, but I think people forget a little.
2: And you're also like, it's a true thing. Like after a year, I was so scared. Like with work, I'm like, oh my God, it's been over a year now. And they're going to be like, oh, she has to be okay now. She has to be normal. She has to right. be herself. You know, and it's all that faking along with it, which is just, you know, and then you feel guilty because you're being happy and they see you cheerful. And, and then you go home and you're just exhausted because it's emotionally exhausting and
1: physically exhausting. Yeah, when you have to try to fake through Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
2: that's what I was a merry time, right? Merry Christmas. Everybody's jolly and happy. And we're like, (laughs) "Ha!"
4: you know, it was Christmas Eve, I think. And I felt like I remember thinking it's exhausting doing this, you know, Mm -hmm. going to church service, which I really didn't want to go to, not for any particular reason. And it was fine, but just Being around people and trying to have the smile and, but the weight is there. And so then that's exhausting. And my husband, he doesn't say it, but he'll come home and he sighs and he also just wants to shut down and, which is fine, you know, just, but I can see he's feeling exhausted by it too.
1: Well, and he's in a different role too, because he's supposed to be shepherding other people, right? And caring for other people. And when you are emotionally drained and going through all of this on your own, it's hard. It's hard to have stuff left for other people. And he is expected to have, have that be limitless his ability to, to give to other people. Right.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. He's funny because he'll say, Oh, there's this family and you know, either they lost someone or their child's sick and, like i'm sure you don't want to go talk to them and i'm like no i would i'd really like to go talk to them. (laughs) it feels like i can at least i can do is listen and be there because that was what was so important Mm -hmm. Um, but it's harder for him yeah for his personality it's harder for him but he does it because that's his job and he's glad he did when he's done sure but yeah
1: i do want to point out here aaron quite a while ago now did send a little story about her first Christmas now without her daughter Emmy. She said she asked close friends and family to pick out an ornament that reminded them of Emmy, just similar to what you were doing with the angel tree and what you've been kind of talking about. So as people came over, they hung their ornament on a small tree they got and they called it their Emmy tree. And I feel Mm -hmm. like we were including her, but Christmas as a whole was miserable. She said, I was so sad and the air was so heavy Mm -hmm. But then she talked about what you said, Chrissy, that she did most of the normal Christmas stuff so that the other kids felt like they were worth it for me to do it for them. Mm -hmm. And I would say, too, that little bit of a warning, like with your friend, Demetra, is that sometimes, though, you need to ask your kids. Mm -hmm. You really need to have that honest conversation with your kids. What do you need for Christmas? What, (laughs) What do you need to do? what would you like to do? And what would you rather not do? Because, you know, in our family, those first couple of years, nobody wanted a tree. It was Mm -hmm. only last year that Peter wanted the tree. And so that's why we got the tree because Peter really wanted a tree last year. And then this year he felt fine that we were going to have a tree up North, which I think was reasonable because they were there Mm -hmm. really for a full week. So I, I think that's important to have that honest conversation because you may think that everybody needs something mm-hmm. and it may turn out that they just don't.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I did have that conversation with my daughters that first year, more so with the older one.
1: Um, yeah.
3: cause the youngest one, she was, she had, she was seven at the time. And so my older daughter, and there were things that we, we haven't done yeah. since Caleb died. And there are things that we do, but they look a lot different. That was um, an important conversation that she and I had. And, you know, I told her, I just can't, I can't do it all. So we have to, you have to pick and choose what means the most and what can we do away with this year on Christmas Eve, I could tell that she was feeling, um, I took a picture. I always take a jammy picture on Christmas Eve in front of a tree. And so I did that this year too. And I could tell that she was feeling, Pretty sad. And so when, I, when she went to bed and I went in there and I talked to her and I said, I just want you to know that I know that this is hard for you too. And yeah. I know that she was thinking about Christmas morning, waking up and not walking out to see the tree with her, without her brother. And I, I just needed her to know that I can see that too. Because sometimes I'm so consumed in, with myself and my own grief that I don't see theirs. And so I I went in there and I just needed her to know that, that I knew and that I knew that it was going to be hard for her to walk out um, Christmas morning without him. And she cried and she said, thank you that I acknowledged that for her.
1: Yeah. And I think that was important for you to do because I don't think she would have done that. She, she wouldn't, wouldn't have mentioned it because she wouldn't have wanted to hurt you,
3: and exactly, she would not have said a word. But because I noticed, and and I went in and I talked to her about it, it I could see the weight come off of her. Mm-hmm. She was like, "Okay, okay," like mommy saw, mommy knows, and and yeah. she understands, and that,
1: and that you didn't completely break right you told her or when you talked about that i think that's important too for her to have seen that yes they have that conversation because Mm -hmm. i think her fear is mom's gonna break down she's gonna start crying she won't even be able to
3: talk and i usually do um and you know my eyes did get teary but i i did go through with it and and it meant a lot to her so
1: that was good
2: I think we're, got, we're all going to have heavy days and lighter days. And, you know, it doesn't matter if it's just Christmas or the season's changing or it's close to their anniversary dates. Like we have our heavy and our lighter days. I, I went downstairs to my son. He's, he's downstairs in the man cave. That's where he lives now um, in the basement. And mm-hmm. uh, he has a shelving unit um, that he created after Lenny had passed away. And, It's accumulating things of the Lenny's, which is super awesome. Like she had painted him a a gold ukulele and wrote best big brother in the world when she was in the hospital. Um, It was like an art therapy project of hers. He has that on his shelving unit. I saw he has her camera up there. He has her sunglasses. He has a little pack of nerds that she used to love chewing on, Um, you know, little purple bubble gum, pictures of him and her together, you know, and the other day, I think it was like last week, I saw I saw his collection had grown and I saw he had one of her little ID bracelets from the hospital. And I went, "Oh my god, where did he get that from?" Like I I hold on to them. I think he probably found it in a drawer somewhere, you know, and he he added that to his collection. So he's hurting and I know he's hurting, but he's 16 and he doesn't want to show it to me because Mm -hmm. he wants to be strong and he wants to be okay for me so that I take care of myself, you know, but I think it's great to acknowledge when they're feeling bad, it's a heavier day or it's a harder day. Like me just seeing that of his, it broke my heart because I knew he's adding to it, which means the pain is still like, it's there. Like Mm -hmm. he loved her so much. So, you know, and he has his little moments of, you know, remember when we did this and remember when me and Eleni did that. And they're just the cutest little stories, but he doesn't, he doesn't want to do therapy. He doesn't want to do anything, sharing his feelings with anybody. He just wants, that's his way of representing, like showing how he feels, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's it's beautiful that he's doing that.
2: It's Mm -hmm. so hard when we're grieving to take care of our children as well, right? Because you're, it's hard enough taking care of yourself,
3: Yes, you know, yeah. and
2: trying to function. Like I have not cooked food for the family. I haven't had the energy to and like I've had my friends cook me meals and cook Dino meals. And, you know, one day I, I had some energy, it was a lighter day. And I actually cooked dinner that night and Dino came home from his work and he smelt, you know, food in the house. And he was like, Oh my god, what do we have for dinner? Like what smells good? And I said, Oh, I cooked some dinner for you, hun." And he's like you didn't. He's like, no, Baba did that, right? Like, he thought his father had made the dinner, right? And I'm like, no, I I made it. He's like, he was eating his pork chop. And he's like, no, you didn't make this. It wasn't you that made it because I haven't been able to. Mm -hmm. But it's those little things, right? That are kind of, it's nice when it's a lighter day, and you can do something that you haven't been able to do in such a long time.
1: Yeah, thinking to anniversary dates, just to announce this is this is the 27 year anniversary of the death of my mom actually so this is always a kind of a harder day has always been a harder day and no one usually remembers which is always hard too but it is nice I got a message this morning a message on Facebook from my mom's best friend that she had growing up and she said I just wanted to know that I'm thinking of you today. And I'm thinking of your mom and my best friend. So that was, it was just so beautiful. I I wrote back to her. I said, it's so nice to know that someone else is thinking of her because I, I'm thinking of her, but I didn't know that anybody else was. And it's just nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. She's been reaching out. She's reached out to me really since Andy died because uh, she lost one of her children. Many, many years ago. And so when Andy died, she, I think she felt so drawn because to me, because she knew I didn't have my mom to turn to. Right. right. So anyway, it was kind of a beautiful thing.
4: It is. Well, I was wondering if I could bring up New Year's.
1: Yes, I had wanted to bring up New Year's. And I know now we're getting towards the end, but I really did want to bring up New Year's. Yeah. I just, that first year, And Christmas, it's kind of a blur,
4: was definitely so hard that first year, that whole, you know, season. And what surprised me or ambushed me was as we were approaching New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, that was what really affected me the most. I did not want time to move on. I didn't want to leave 2017, the last year my son was alive. I didn't want to start a new year that he wasn't going to be there. And I didn't see that coming at all. Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of expected Christmas
1: would be hard.
4: So I don't know. I 100%
1: agree with you. I I was exactly the same way. Me too. Mm-hmm. I was, yeah. New Year's Eve was way more difficult to me. It was than Christmas, yeah. Because I just, I, we sat there. Eric and I laid in bed together as 2018 was coming to an end. Both of us crying, Yeah. just knowing that in minutes it would be yeah. a year he would never see. Yeah,
3: yeah. it's so yeah. hard. That I remember that as well, and it was so hard.
1: Yeah, I I was blown away by it because I it was completely unexpected out of the blue mm-hmm. for me. I did plan for that day as, as
3: well. Like, and I told you, I think a couple of weeks ago, I went on a hike and watched the sunrise mm-hmm. um, because I just, I needed to see the sunrise come up. I just needed to know that God, I, I, I can't really put it into words, but it was something that I needed to do on the first day of a year that he would never see, that I would never share with him.
0: hmm mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. And I know you wanted to, you thought that you would make that a yearly tradition too. I did. And I then thought- last year rained or something, didn't last it? Last
3: year it was <laughs> raining bucket and I had a plan for where I was going to go and what time I was going to leave and
1: nope, that didn't happen. I was so frustrated. <laughs> so do you have the plan for this year?
3: No, I
1: don't no. yet. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, all right. I
3: might You're being to, flexible. You're being yeah, flexible. I might go to the place where I thought I was going to go last year but we'll
2: see. I know time does a funny thing too. Like it just seems, you know, she passed in 2020 and I feel it was just like, you know, how are we going into 2022 already, right? Like and like when you're grieving, just I had I had ordered my son some school pictures um as I do every year and and I every year I order for her as well because even though it's like an old picture It's from September 2019, her picture from school, because she never went September 2020. But I had ordered some little mugs with her picture on it, and it wrote, you know, Eleni on it, and then September 2020. And I woke up one night in the middle of the night, and I said, wait a second, that wasn't September 2020. It was September 2019. Like, time, like I was how did I make that mistake? So now on these cups that right, write September, 2020, and I kind of gave some as some gifts to my, you know, people who loved her a lot. And I said, Oh, by the way, it's September, 2019, that picture, because that was her grade five picture. And I said, she never made it to the grade six, you know, picture day. Right. We were in the hospital at that time, but I, I was just like, I, it feels like your mind's playing a silly trick of like the years passing and you know, it just doesn't seem right that it was so long ago. You know, it just seems like yesterday sometimes,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a very, I don't know, funny, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In fact, I'll just say one more thing. We've got to kind of wrap things up. And I just interviewed a woman today. And so this won't air for another month. But she had a woman come up to her and she had lost her son. And she said, when did your son die? And she said, 1968 yesterday an hour ago and I thought that was a beautiful way of putting it right it was a long time ago but in some ways it feels like it was just yesterday yeah or maybe just even an hour ago it does so uh, anyway that's that's the way to somehow think about time is that time changes things but the pain can still be there and you still, sometimes it feels like it's just right there that it just happened yesterday.
2: And something little can trigger it, right? Like at school, at work one day, I was, the, the music teacher came in and she played the Nutcracker Ballet for our kids. And I I just looked at my friend and I said, I can't be here right now. I had to run away because I had taken Eleni in 20, September 2018 to the Nutcracker Ballet and she, it was the best time ever. And I couldn't go back in and I had to go to a different classroom, my old classroom. And they were like, how come you're here, you know? Like, and I said, I just can't be in my class right now. Like just the, the you know, the the song playing in the
1: background, you know? It just ends up being too much?
2: It was mm-hmm. too much. It can bring you back in a second, right? Like those, either the smells or the something you see or anything can bring you back just in a second, right? Yeah. Yeah.
4: I just recently switched where I'm going to get my mammogram because I've, I think I've only gone once since Luke passed away, but it was the same building as the doctor who found the tumor. Mm -hmm. And it also happened to be the same time of year and I couldn't, I was trying so hard not to cry. And I did, I teared up, but I didn't burst into tears like I wanted to. And this year when they sent me the reminder, I thought, I can't do that again. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to my doctor and I was like, maybe I need to even go to a different building. And he's like, yeah, you can get it done somewhere else. <laughs> totally. But yeah. It did, I didn't. And it, it was one of those surprises too. You know, I pulled in, once I pulled into the parking lot, I thought, oh no no, I remember being here,
1: (laughs) you know. Right, right. We can't relive that Mm day. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, ladies. I have really enjoyed talking to you and I am so glad to have spent this little time with you. So thank you. you. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. We are always looking for new show ideas. If you'd like to be a guest, know someone who'd be a great guest, or have a show idea, please email us at marcy at andysmom.com. Be sure to visit the webpage andysmom.com for more content, including Marcy's blog. There you can also sign up to receive updates via email. Together, let's work to inspire hope one day at a time.